That's right. It's the morning show here on ABC News Radio, KMET, 1490 AM, joining our live streaming audience over there, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, of course, LinkedIn. Glad to have you with us on today's show. We got a late a latest update on uh, Zoom. Is your Zoom down? Oh, no, it's not just you. It's actually uh, all down across the U.S. We'll talk about that in just a minute, plus world news national news and local news coming up just around the corner of course we got mr jesse sanchez over there good morning jesse good morning so uh lots going on obviously the question of the day though what's going on in your neck of the woods i understand you've got some uh, new shows you've been watching that you're actually really enjoying uh yeah so i actually got a chance to i think i recommended it last week that i was gonna see it and I actually saw the first episode yesterday called lovecraft country and uh, I've seen a lot of scary stuff, but uh, like I really don't know much about Jim Crow laws and what was done back in the South. But uh, yeah, it gives a little glimpse of it, and it's uh, it's pretty scary. Uh, so it, but other than that, it was a great show. It, it was just it got me, so I'm hooked. So I'm just waiting for next week to watch part two. Ooh, that's kind of nice when it gets you that kind of hooked, right? Oh, yeah. So. I've been trying to get into Umbrella Academy uh, season two, but I'm kind of stuck on the first. It it was, you know, Umbrella Academy, if you haven't seen it, it's uh, not for the faint of heart. It's a different type of show. It's not for the kids. It's very adult, but uh, it's actually pretty good. It's pretty good. All right. Uh, Lots of stuff happening in the world, including this. Yes. uh, Mexico actually doing something really cool it is the headline is this mexico's solution to the covid 19 educational crises put school on television and you know with zoom kind of going down um, i'm kind of debating which one to cover first so let me let me let me go back to the zoom story first uh, because this is late breaking zoom the video conferencing app that's become a go-to for many stuck at home during the pandemic is down in some parts of the world in the united states The problem started on the East Coast early Monday, spread wider as the morning wore on. According to the company, they said this, quote, we have received reports of users being unable to visit the Zoom website and unable to start and join Zoom meetings and webinars. We're currently investigating and we'll provide updates as we have them. In Atlanta, the outage affected public school students on their first day back. Atlanta Public Schools sent out a tweet saying it was working to resolve the problem I guarantee you, Jesse, the kids over there are like, thank goodness. It's like rainy day, right? When you had rainy day and you had to like, you know, or well, I guess blizzard day. But for us, it was like rainy day because then we could like stay in and play board games. That was I don't know why I looked forward to that. I, I look forward more to playing board games than going out and running around in the school. I, I just that was me. It was I did you get any of that? No. Yeah, we used to do that whenever it would rain and be like, yes, board games. I just like to use my mind. It just was a thing. Anyway, uh, so I could imagine a lot of kids right now going, you know what? That's not a bad thing. You know what? It's, oh, well, I can't connect, mom. I can't connect, dad. Uh, But there you go. So Zoom is down and it will most likely be up. Uh, I always go to a certain website whenever certain things are not working. It's called Down Detector. It tracks internet allergies, shows users in the UK. uh, And usually when you go there, people report when they have problems. It's no different than Facebook being down from time to time, Twitter being down, Periscope being down, and all these other ones being down, because it happens. Uh, why it's happening, I think that'll be the biggest question. 
Is it a hack? Is somebody trying to attack Zoom? Is it uh, an influx of too many people and they just were not ready for this type of influx? I don't know, but I do know this. We hope to use Zoom in the next week. I'm so glad we didn't start Zoom today, by the way, because I would have been very frustrated. But we're adding a new component, hopefully, if all goes well over there with Zoom, where we will have our audience members who regularly tune in on our social media platforms that can tune in with their video. And so we can have pretty much a virtual audience. We're going to add a second hour to the morning show, but that will be not over the radio. So if you want to apply to be a part of our audience member, uh, then please do give us a little, uh, just go to our website, uh, Aaron Michael Sanchez on all social media platforms. I posted it yesterday and people are starting to fill out their names and emails. And it just has a little disclaimer, don't moon anybody, no profanity, and be kind to one another. That's all that I ask. You can totally disagree with anything I say, and it'll be a very good conversational piece, I think. So uh, that's happening in the next week or so, depending on, of course, technology. Sometimes technology could be a little problematic, as we've learned with Zoom. However, in other news, this was sent to me, and I said, you know what? It's always nice when we can learn from other countries on what to do. And this was uh, recently the news headline that Mexico's solution to the educational crisis is just put school on television. Uh, this was the uh, headline, and this is the statement, Mexico's government will not allow in-person classes this year. That's approximately 30 million students that will be forced to learn remotely. Officials say the coronavirus pandemic, which has claimed roughly 60,000 lives amid more than 550,000 confirmed cases, is just too dangerous to allow kids back into the schoolroom. Remote learning is difficult, though, especially in certain developed countries. Places like Mexico, taking that English or math class online just is not that easy. 56% of households have access to the Internet. That's according to government statistics. So if the law requires all Mexican kids to be offered a public education, the government has decided the best way to do that is over the airwaves, with 93% of households having a television. Uh, so, I mean, look, sometimes we, we kind of forget that the world isn't as interconnected as we are here in our home states. However, a lot of people are unaware that unfortunately due to data limits and or data costs and or data prices, even here on the home front, if you are a very low income, close to poverty family, what are you going to do next? And so I, that begs the question of, is our U.S. government going to be able to allow maybe a subsidy for Internet access or something that allows for low-income, uh, almost poverty-stricken, to be able to at least make some Internet available? Because to be able to do remote learning, you have to have pretty fast speeds to begin with. Uh, whether or not Zoom will continue to be free for some households begs to be seen. But, of course, they got to make their money. I will say... Uh, it's not that expensive if you want to host a Zoom webinar. I think I just paid $14.95 for uh, per month, allowing up to, I think, 50, maybe 100. I can't remember what I signed up for. But the question of the day really is, what can we do here on the home front? And I think it begs the question as to maybe that possibly being a feature for television, because the majority, I think, here in the United States of America have a TV. I would imagine it's like 100%. Uh, whether you watch it or not, is another question, but I I can almost guarantee low-income, poverty-stricken households 
at least have one TV in their house. And you can easily get a little antenna, which allows you to uh, be able to stream free television. You don't even have to subscribe to DirecTV, Dish Network, any of the big boys out there. There are TV stations in local municipalities that run on HDTV. They no longer run on the analog feature. FCC made sure to do away with that. But the reality is everything now is over-the-air broadcasting. And I think some should in fact, provide that as a secondary option, especially, I mean, who knows? We could have another uh, internet attack. I do know this. I know last week, Thursday or Friday, there was a huge sun flare. And so some technologies were affected as well. So I don't think that's happening now, but who knows? It's too early to tell. Okay, let's go over to our social media audience because we've talked enough about technology. We use technology all the time here on the show because we get our live stream audience. We've got a big shout out to Angel Robertson, who's tuning in from Scotland. Yes, good to have you back. Stephanie Reed from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Jared Bersuglia, thank you for that information. Says Zoom is down, kind of big news. Rosalie Huerta tuning in. Thank you, Rosalie, we appreciate you. Uh, let's see, we've got uh, Srihari Kerala all the way from Nepal tuning in. Thank you for sharing and getting the word out. We've actually got a lot of um, India uh, viewers as of late, so I really do appreciate you as well. Patrice tuning in over there is uh, she's saying pretty much Jesse Moons. So I tell you, Jesse, you're going to get that, like, pretty much. Don't make it your name. Jesse the Mooner. Uh, Diana Carbajal tuning in over there. Alejandro Patino tuning in. Katya Vanderland from uh, Switzerland. Sorry, I almost moved where you're from. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, let's go over to news and the world. And uh, this is happening most recently locally. Um, it, the Postal Service may need a bailout. What? I thought the Postal Service was like, everybody uses it now. They don't? According to this, the House of Representatives on Saturday approved legislation for a bailout for the U.S. Postal Service, which on paper has been posting huge losses for years. But in reality, the agency is evidently generating billions in cash. Virtually all of the agency's financial problems stem from a unique arcane accounting system that no other business or governing body follows and that just doesn't accurately reflect real costs. That's according to one lawmaker as utterly absurd. The financial problems have nothing to do with the expected surge in mail-in ballots for the election in November. They are certainly not because of its contracts to handle delivery of Amazon packages, no matter what President Donald Trump claims about losses on those deliveries. Postal law and investigations of those contracts have confirmed that the U.S. Postal Service makes money on the contracts it has with Amazon and other major shippers. The USPS uh, booked positive cash flow of nearly $2 billion in the nine months ending June 30th, up from $1.3 billion in the same period a year ago. It had positive average annual cash flow of $3 billion over the previous three fiscal years, but that positive cash flow came despite a large reported net losses, $7.5 billion, the most recent nine months, up from a net loss of $5.9 billion. So although it sounds like they're making a lot, they're really in the uh, negative section of like if that were a household, that household would be like, how do we put food on the table? So I think that's the biggest question. And the question, obviously, of the day is 
do they deserve a bailout? I would say and venture to say uh, I would hope you would keep the U.S. Postal Service alive and well. Uh, after all, they we I mean, isn't that how it all started before like UPS and FedEx? So uh, but there you go. Lots of information there. And uh, be kind, be supportive. I know we actually are really close to a postal service location over here, and we always try to make their day a little bit less hectic because sometimes they kind of are starting to look like the DMV line. Don't don't get mad at them because they're having a lot of problems over there. And that's got to be difficult. You got to wonder like if your job is on the line and then you got like people just just being rude. So don't be rude, okay? Um all right, and then uh, there is this. Um we're going to take a break. We'll be right back right after these messages. Once we regroup, make sure to let us know where you're tuning in from, retweet, share, let us know. We'll go to our LinkedIn comments just around the corner. Stay tuned right there. We'll be right back right after these messages. Welcome back. Yes, it is the morning show here on ABC News Radio, KMET 1490 AM. Joining our live social media audience over there which is alive and well. They're doing a lots of uh, good information and sharing some good information with us as well. We got Lucy Nickel over there. Thank you. Says, good morning. Hope you get to do all the things you want. And you know, I think that's for each and every one of us, right? No matter what life throws at you, do it well and do it amazingly well. Okay, lots of news, including this. Um, we already talked to you about the U.S. Postal Service. There's a lot of questions about that. Coronavirus, though, is alive and well, unfortunately. Here in the L.A. Uh, district, the L.A. County Department of Public Health reported 1,759 newly confirmed cases of the coronavirus, 46 additional deaths, bringing countrywide totals to 229,054 reported cases and 5,491 deaths. Health officials also reported nine additional cases of multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children, also called mis Dash C, bringing the total number of cases to 25. Contrary to popular people out there on the news media district, don't believe all the hype about young ones not being able to get it. It's sad because I've had this type of conversation with certain individuals who I used to respect, and they were always like, "Yeah, I believe that." That's totally. And I, I always, it just boggles the mind when you think, why would you think kids are any different than adults? However, because, of course, and I think this happened at the very beginning, the news was touting that, of course, it was hitting those higher at risk. But now that it's hitting a younger generation, now the question is, what is going on over there and what type of different cases are coming out due to coronavirus? Is it starting to create other problems? Is it a one size fits all? I would venture to say it's not, which is why all every, each and every symptom is different and it affects people differently. Of those 25 MISC cases, 28% were reported in children under five, 44% were in children between the ages of six and 12, and 28% were in children between the ages of 13 and 20. The majority of cases, 68% were reported in Latino children. None of the children diagnosed with the illness have died in LA County. That's the good news. However, going to the hospital is no fun. Uh, so again, if you could try to not throw caution to the wind, again, back to certain schools that want to just go back to the way it was. I just saw about a, a couple of universities that are now just like, we tried it, we're shutting it down. So just be cautious out there with ones that are like, oh, we're throwing it back. Everything's fine. 
just remember, wear your face mask, take necessary precaution, hand sanitizer, be more than alert about your surroundings because these things can unfortunately rear its ugly head. Uh, the, according to this, the condition affects children under 21 who might have been exposed to COVID-19 to have had the illness and causes different body parts, get this, this is something you need to look for, to become inflamed and can lead to lifelong health impacts. Of the newly confirmed cases, 72% were reported in people under the age of 50. One of the newly reported deaths was a person between the ages of 18 and 29. Again, not just those at risk or I believe what was the age when we first started to talk about this, Jesse? What was the average age? Do you remember? For those af <clears throat> affected by coronavirus? Yeah. Uh, as far as I remember, like anyone above the age of 60. Yeah. And, and I remember that because I remember elderly ones going, I don't want to get it. Right. Yep. And then other ones were like, I live my life. I'm good. Which, um, I, you know what? I say live it as long as you can. Right. L uh, finish the finish line like seriously you know there's there's an old uh scripture which talks about uh cross the finish line right of the race that you live and i feel that that finish line is just on your last day don't end it before it needs to be ended just like cigarettes or diabetes or other things that or heart problems right start yeah. eating better if you go to the doctor and he says well if you don't make any changes you're probably gonna have an untimely death and that's just goes without saying cancer aids hiv there's so many other diseases happening around the world but of course this one is creating a huge influx and a huge problem for our hospital frontliners so uh, again we really need to get a handle on this we need to get and make the right necessary precautions but uh, i know i always talk about that and i feel like i'm talking to the wind but uh, there you go all right, uh, and then there is this one. Uh, the UK leader, I just got to share this because I thought this was interesting. Britain's prime minister is asking parents to set aside their fears and send the children. <laughs> Don't worry about your fear. Just, just, just go back to the way it was. Back to school next month when the nation's schools fully reopened for the first time since the coronavirus pandemic shut them down more than five months ago. Britain's prime minister is asking parents just to pretty much do that. Prime Minister Boris Johnson, I have to say at first I had some respect for him about uh, in early April, because he was like, hey, we got to do this. We got to do the right thing. However, you look at early reports back in, I think, January or February, he and President Trump would have gotten along because they were like, yeah, it's a hoax. It's just not a real thing. And then he himself got it, admittedly, got into the hospital, was in there, I believe, for several weeks and ended up very grateful and thankful to the hospital staff. So now I got to question him and say, what did you learn about getting? Oh, because you got well and you're alive and well. Got it. Uh, so Prime Minister Boris Johnson, you're on my high list right now of not really doing the right thing. This is what it says here. Uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson said it was the government's moral duty to reopen the schools as he stressed that authorities now know more about COVID-19 than they did when the country went into lockdown on March 23rd. Johnson's comments came hours after Britain's top public health officials issued a joint statement saying that children were more likely to be harmed by staying away from school than for being exposed to COVID-19, which I say... Uh, Really? Do you not? Does this guy not watch world news? Seriously, like this is happening here in the states. Don't make the UK suffer for it. This is uh, what he said. "Quote Johnson said in a statement uh, just yesterday. This is why it's vitally important that we get our children back into the classroom to learn and to be with their friends. Nothing will have a greater effect on the life chances of our children than returning to school. I will say this. That was his end quote. <coughs> Excuse me. Not coronavirus. Cough. I hope." 
but I am self-isolating anyway, so it doesn't matter. No, I'm just kidding. I just got nowhere to go. Uh, but in reality, look, I understand this much. Here's where I agree with him, by the way. Unfortunately, we're going into a very difficult situation with families. And what I mean by that are those that have domestic dis abuse happening in the household. When you have kids going back to the school district and you have them going back to being able to be seen by, by authorities, if a teacher and or a counselor suspects that there's abuse, they can immediately make a call to a social worker and say, we need to address this. The problem I have currently, and there's a host of other problems with us staying at home and learning via remote learning. I just had a very interesting conversation with a good friend uh, last week, which has been in this sector of children keeping safe. And unfortunately, they usually get the type of information when it comes to uh, pedophiles and or pedophiliacs is what I will want to call them, which are people that prey on the youth, whether they be um, family members, whether they be extended family members and or whether they actually be fathers and or mothers, which is not as common as the father syndrome. However, what I will say is this, I would like to see a little bit of a hybrid solution. And what I mean by that is this, at the school up here in the high desert, they have every now and then like a week or two weeks, like a drive by, right? And I think it would be good to have a situation where the teachers and or people kind of have a, at least a one-on-one -on -one social distancing program where they can meet with each and every student at least maybe once a week. If, if I could put that into the hemisphere of this world, if we can create that type of hybrid solution, I think that would be better than just making each and every kid stay home 100% of the time. I think kids do need this interaction, but I think you can't go all in with just hoping that coronavirus doesn't hit anybody. So if they could start that, people that watch in the UK, and we've got quite a few of you, can you make that kind of suggestion? Just do a hybrid model. Just, you know, once, um, not even, maybe once a month, worst case scenario, maybe once every other week, maybe wait to see what happens because we're entering the very cold season coming up around the corner. Summer's almost over. When fall hits, you got colds, you got viruses, you got just regular flus. This is only going to get worse during the winter months. This is not something that hasn't been talked about. And I just say, why put people back in harm's way that way? But again, do a hybrid model because let's face it, if you are a family member and you suspect that there might be abuse in the family or you feel that there might be a, a child withdrawn for some odd reason and somehow they start to share some information, believe them. Kids don't want to make these things up. Believe them and don't throw caution to the wind. Report it to the local authorities and or call, make a call to a social worker and see if they could do what is called, I think it's called a um, health home visit or I forget what it's called. Some of you may already know, but sometimes there are parents, sometimes there are split parents and there are people that are in the situation that you can actually do a quick call to the authorities and say, hey, can you do a site check? And these things can and will happen. All right, people, I got to take a quick break, but uh, keep your comments coming in. We'll be right back right after these messages with more right here of The Morning Show. Stay tuned.
Welcome back. Yes, it is the morning show here on ABC News Radio, KMAT 1490 AM. Joining our live TV audience there at uh, ABC News Radio, KMAT 1490AM.com. I almost said the uh, dreaded other word. Uh, for those of you tuning in on social media, we appreciate you. Thank you so very much for joining us. we got many of you doing so. Again, around the corner, we are going to interject a brand new service. It's called Zoom Live. And we get our a little immediate, immediate audience, which I think Ellen and all those people should do. They should have. Are they doing it already? Oh, they are doing it. Okay, never mind. Uh, but we're going to apply that to the morning show. We're going to add an additional second hour because I don't think one hour is enough to talk about. So half the stuff I want to talk about, especially in the political world arena. We could talk politics. We could talk anything you want in that second hour. I'll call it the after show morning show segment uh, featuring each and every one of you on Zoom. How cool would that be? I think a lot of you, we get to hear your voices, you type out your voices, and we get to hear what you think and and, and get what you uh, want us to talk about every now and then. But I think that would be really good. And uh, all I ask is no profanity, although we will not be broadcasting over the air on radio. I'm still going to wait to test the Zoom audience before we go to radio because we could get dinged and we don't want to get dinged here fcc regulations sometimes people misspeak they get heated they get upset and then they say words that they should never say over the air so that's why i'm keeping it for the second hour if you want to apply to be one of our audience members either during the show or after the after show program i think it'd be a great way for all of us to connect and interconnect we're taking applications just go to my official page aaron michael sanchez on facebook instagram twitter uh and or linkedin I posted the form there. Some are already filling out the information. We'll get back to you the first 50, and then we'll put people on a wait list. Uh, so there you go. If we don't get back to you right away, we'll get back to you eventually. Uh, okay, let's see. We got so many of you tuning in. Gene Piero tuning in. All right. DJ Danny, as uh, dad over there, uh, tuning in from New Jersey. And, of course, doing some great stuff. He has his own programming as well. Used to be here on KMET 1490 AM. And uh, we appreciate Gene over there. Victoria means tuning in. Thank you. Edgar Alexander, thank you for tuning in. Victoria says the fun part is watching you learn. Ah, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Uh, okay, let's switch to something that, uh, you know what, kind of goes into line, which I think a lot of people have a lot of misinformation. And I like this because the top headline is, and this is featured by ABC News, five unanswered medical questions about coronavirus, okay? So here's the top three. I'm not gonna go into all uh, five of them. I'll, I'll just go ahead and start with the very top one. When are we going to have a safe and effective vaccine? I think that's something that we've talked about here on the morning show at length with a couple of professionals. However, for those of you that are new, this is the latest. This may be one of the biggest questions in the minds of many vaccines, maybe the most effective way to develop herd immunity so that the virus cannot spread effectively. Nearly 170 vaccine candidates are being tracked by the World Health Organization. Six of these are in crucial phase three trials where thousands are being administered vaccine doses. Usually vaccines take years to develop. However, optimistic projections suggest the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine could be available by the end of 2020 or early in 2021 but wide-scale distribution will still take time. Dr. Anna Durbin, professor at John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health said this, I do believe that we will be able to know if one or more vaccines is efficacious against COVID-19 by the end of the year. I am less confident that there will be enough doses of vaccine by early 2021 to reach the at-risk populations. How this is distributed needs to be planned carefully. 
Uh, back to the whole World Health Organization, also known as WHO. Many people were all upset and up in arms because, of course, President Trump says, yeah, I don't know why we need to be a part of this. Let's separate. Let's not pay them or let's put them on hold until we figure out what we're going to do. However, they are sharing this information quite admittedly so with the rest of the world. I would say, why would you chop them off at the knees? I would say, look, why don't you go ahead and reduce payments until further notice, but don't eliminate or remove yourself completely from this information and or sharing of world events when it comes to the pandemic. These are health professionals that are trying to do the right thing. Oftentimes they put themselves in harm's way and you got to be very, very, I would say young and dumb, but he's kind of not young, maybe not dumb, pretty smart. So let's just not be young and dumb when it comes to that. Okay. Why don't we get on the bandwagon there and at least say, look, Maybe we'll cut our costs down to half. Maybe we overpaid you guys. And until you could prove that you're really good, why don't we start giving you some money? Because we really need that information here on the home front. Agree to disagree? I don't know. I don't care. But remember, my thoughts are mine and not those of the station. KMT, 1490 AM. Don't shoot the messenger. Uh, but there you go. Uh, this question, are children as susceptible as adults? Here's the information from professionals. Scientists interviewed by ABC News suggest children are not infected as much as adults and with less intensity. But concerning data is coming from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. A recent report on COVID-19 infections in children says that children can spread the virus effectively in certain settings. The amount of virus children shed seems to be even higher than adults. According to Dr. John Brownstein, uh, ABC contributor and epidemiologist at Boston Children's Hospital, adds uh, and says this, it's safe to say this research further complicates back-to-school planning, uh, confirms lack or non-specific symptoms in infected kids, which makes control strategies tough, and it poses a challenge for school reopening and puts burden on testing rather than symptom screening. There's also a risk that some children develop an idiosyncratic severe inflammatory reaction, which is what we referred to and spoke of a moment ago, known as MIS-C, which stands for multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. In a small number of children, the immune system goes into overdrive and can damage the heart. According to the CDC, we still don't know why it happens in some children. The organization highlights that MIS-C can be serious, even deadly, but most children who were diagnosed with this condition have gotten better with medical care. Thank God again for our hospitals and our ICU rooms that are still maybe available. Uh, and then this question, why do some people get really sick and some not at all? It's thought that a significant number of people with coronavirus do not get any symptoms at all, with some studies suggesting up to 80% of people are asymptomatic. Uh, what does that mean? Basically, you have it, but you're not throwing any big fever, you're not showing any signs, which can be good and or bad, depending on who you come into contact with. So you might be fine. You're one of the 80 percenters. And yet then you visit grandma over there and all of a sudden she is one of the five percenters. And now there it is. Uh, according to this, they say, we know that there are risk factors for developing severe COVID-19, age, obesity, other comorbidities. Ethnic minorities, especially black and Hispanic people are at a significantly higher risk. According to Dr. Ashish Jha, who's the professor of global health and director of the Harvard Global Health Institute, said this, quote, I think this is still such a mysterious virus, its ability to impact certain people tremendously, whereas sparing others all make this virus difficult to understand, diagnose, and treat. According to the situation there, it may be a genetic element at play. 
One study suggests two key gene variants increase the risk of severe respiratory complications, one of which is blood group. But this evidence is controversial as a more recent study by Harvard Medical School suggests that there isn't a relationship. Genetic effects are probably modest compared to the well-established risk factors. Um, you know, I said I was going to only cover three, but this one I think is very important because this one, through my sister's situation, I already found five people that said, what, you can get it again? Once you get it, it does not mean you cannot get it again. Some people on the second time around don't do so well. On the first time around, if they fought it, sometimes they could fight it a second time, but we're seeing reports that happen all over the board. Now, here's what I can say about my sister. My sister's current situation, which we're watching daily, thank you for your comments, your prayers, and, and your uh, just positive encouragement, is so far doing very well. I would beg to say it's still not completely out of the woods, but I will say, again, she got such great treatment with her uh, the first time that she got certain um, chemicals in her body, which I think are providing her to be able to fight this a little bit stronger. I'm no health professional, but I will say if you or you, someone you know and they have their platelets dropping significantly, ask for an plate, okay? Ask for an plate. Who knows? Maybe I'll reach out to the manufacturers over there and ask how it's helping people. It is a brand new type of medication over there, but it can help your platelet very much increase. And that, of course, helps your blood cells, your white cells, your red cells, your plasma, which obviously even President Trump's talking about plasma therapies out there because there is such a thing as blood types, which evidently are either dropping and are significantly lowering. But again, it all starts with what? The blood, what's in your blood or what's not in your blood, which I would venture to say, I think it kind of lasts in people's um, certain blood types more than others. But again, that's based on all the information that's out there. Doesn't mean I'm a professional and it doesn't even mean I know what I'm talking about when it comes to health. All I do is try to repeat information from people that are on the front lines that are scientists and our researchers. Don't throw caution to the wind. You know who you are, people. All right, people, uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back right after these messages with more right here on The Morning Show. Welcome back. Yes, it is The Morning Show here on ABC News Radio. KMT 1490 AM. Joining our live audience over there on social media. We appreciate you. Facebook, Periscope, uh, LinkedIn, and also YouTube Live. We appreciate you. However you're tuning in, we uh, uh, we thank you. We thank you for spreading the word, get, keeping us on the air. Many of you have sent in your appreciation for shows that we've had in the past. Keep them coming in. That keeps us on the air. Obviously, some things I say are not very popular among voters. And uh, But you know what I always say? I attack both the right and the left side. So if you don't like that, I run right in the middle. And I think it's important to be that way, especially in the time that we're in, because at the end of the day, we should be focused on one another and keeping each other, regardless of political beliefs, keeping each other safe. That should be first and foremost. That should be priority. And that should be the reason we want to continue living on this global world. A, we don't want to throw caution in the wind. The world is kind of... Uh, I feel it's kind of angry at us, to be honest. I feel that the world having so many natural disasters happen. I don't know how many different fires I've been seeing, how many volcanoes have erupted, how many earthquakes have been happening in different parts of the world, all in completely different time spans, but uh, all happening right here, right now. Recently, I had a conversation with somebody who saw a uh, somebody from India, actually, I guess a 14-year-old. I haven't seen the content just yet, 
But the 14 year old, I guess, was uh, says he speaks to the other side and evidently is talking about food shortages. And of course, that's never fun to hear something like that. I've reserved the right to say I don't know where that information is coming from. However, uh, I think we're starting to see a little bit of that, especially in underdeveloped countries. Do I think that's going to happen here? I certainly hope not. But uh, with warm weather, hopefully ending, of course, we've got still uh, certain vegetations and or crops. Not sure if you've been paying attention to some of the prices, but some of these prices are starting to escalate uh, more than others. So, look, whatever you do, just remember, of course, we're all interconnected on this earth. We need to continue to do the right thing. What I would ask of voters to ask this question of anybody running for office is say, what are you going to do to help keep my family safe during the pandemic? Don't start throwing up like, oh, we're going to be over this very soon. Don't throw like caution to the wind. Don't make it as though it's just going to be, oh, over in no time because, you know, after the November elections, all of a sudden it's just going to dissipate like that information has been sent and out there. And if you still don't believe coronavirus is real, I know because some of you I've seen on Twitter, by the way, would say, I don't know anybody. And I say, well, then open your world to knowing a little bit more people on your social media. Oftentimes I go to these people and they have like 20 friends on social media, which I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking. But again, when you have even a thousand people that you're interconnected with, guaranteed you're gonna see comments. I've seen so many comments on my Facebook feed of people, one person posted about his aunt just died from coronavirus. He says, please people, this is not something fake. Please understand that. Uh, I Three other comments of people that I had to say just simply, I feel terrible for you. There's no rhyme or reason for this happening in the way it's happening. You have people that are dying right now just of other complications of other viruses as well. And because, again, we need to not throw caution to the wind, okay? Although I know the world is suffering right now, we are interconnected with this together. So find the sunshine, find the joy, step out and enjoy some vitamin D, Put just put on the face mask and or, you know, be socially distant from others. Of course, uh, don't throw caution to the wind. Always uh, do the right thing as much as it depends upon you. And uh, just remember, we're interconnected on this. And I think the majority of us are really starting to feel kind of. Uh, uh, how do I put it this way? But I've seen a lot of people quite depressed this weekend on social media and post that. And I say, what's going on in the world that people are feeling more depressed, more sad, more mad, more angry. And I hope this isn't happening in your world. I hope that your world is quite happy. But I had conversations with about eight different people, each and every one of them, admittedly so, said their life has kind of gone either from bad to worse. People have turned against them as well. And that's just not the type of world I think many of us want to generate. And again, think about the young ones as well. With people going back to school and people wanting to go back to school, of course, I understand the social element, but I also understand, again, not bringing that virus back home where people are starting to group and huddle together in homes just to pay the bills. Because what I've been seeing is an influx of people starting to move in together. And correct me if I'm wrong, maybe there's nobody here watching right now. But if there is, there's no shame in saying, look, let's move in with grandma and grandpa. Let's move in with uh, dad or mom. Let's uh, let the kids come back into the house as long as we all make sure that we're socially distant from one another. Or at least when we do go out, we, we put all the safety protocols in place. Make sure we clean down the house. Let's say, make sure we have, if there is somebody susceptible in the house, we just do the right thing. Okay, so don't throw caution to the wind. And again, if you're going to group up, do so because finances, I feel, are going to get harder and tougher in the next coming weeks as well. So just 
don't throw caution to the wind. I had a conversation with a good trusted friend recently and they were almost gonna make a very big investment. And I just said, why don't you just wait for a bit? Just wait, just wait, hold on to your cash, hold on to your monies. And again, I'm not saying don't spend, go ahead and spend, get stuff that you want. Just don't throw caution to the wind because I think we're gonna be in this longer than what it's been promoted, okay? And hey, here's the great news. If I'm wrong, you got money for days, right? Because now you can go and spend, we're done, pandemic is over, yay, we can all celebrate, right? And then, of course, Aaron Michael Sanchez is wrong and everybody else is right. And I, I, I always say, I wanna be the one wrong. I wanna be the one wrong that we're gonna go back sooner than later. I feel though that this is at least more than a couple weeks still here. I honestly, I'm gonna go on record and say this is probably gonna be more than a year that we need to bunker down. And the reason I say that is when I ask people and I pull people, I, I say, how long do you think it's going to be? And some say, well, I hope it's gonna be over soon. I say, but how long are you prepared for it to last if it does in fact last? And that's a question I think that the world leaders really need to start asking themselves. If this is a pandemic that's gonna last for at least another year, maybe two, three, maybe four at the most, uh, what are we gonna do to make sure that there is protocols in place so that at least families can go back to some normalcy, businesses can go back to a better normalcy because you can't stop the economy from growing. You just can't. You do that, you're gonna create more problems down the line. So we need our economy going back to the way it was. We need to think smartly, get, I know smartly is not a word, I'm making it up, but you need to think smart when it comes to uh, the people, especially those in the world. Here on the home front, everybody's making decisions right now as to who they'll vote for. But I say, ask the very important question and make sure that they don't just spew out stuff and facts and statistics. Make sure that they actually, you know what? Here's what Andrew Cuomo does. I love Governor Cuomo. People might not like him, but he goes, he has all of his task force with him. He goes, that's a question for you. And, and he never interjects over them. He just lets the health professional and or the government official that is in line with that speak to what is happening and he doesn't throw caution in the wind. If we can get Andrew Cuomo in on the ballot, let's do that. Let's get him in on there and get him a good running mate as well. I think him and uh, Kamala or have Kamala uh, pre uh, for president and then him VP. I don't know, or, or have them switch off. I, it doesn't work that way. Got it. Okay, government. Well, whatever. But uh, look, people, I appreciate you. Make it a great day, whatever you do. We've run out of time here on The Morning Show. Again, go follow out that application. You can be part of our live audience on Zoom. We'll put, we'll feature your face. We'll feature you. You can put, put little things, I love The Morning Show, or whatever. Shout out to people that you know or love. Okay, people, I got to go. Make it a great day, whatever you do. Remember, life is worth living. Live it well.